This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. What's up with the what's up? What's up with the what's up? Feels like it's been a motherfucking eternity since I have been on with you guys. It's been Pick'em, it's been this, it's been that. We have a off week, no UFC this week, so if you probably have seen already, this one might be running a little long. It's just because I got shit to say. That's what it is. The UFC card this past weekend, Misha Tapers, Keith and Vera. Um, how do I put this without sounding missucked? It stunk. It was it was a stinker. It was not a great card. Uh, we'll go over everything, thoughts about everything. I know is it seems forever ago, but... Uh, it's Tuesday, one to record on Sunday. My bangles are playing at four. I was lazy. Wife got sick, had a COVID scare. We're vaccinated, but we had a COVID scare yesterday. So I was, uh, taking care of the kids while she was, uh, at the hospital getting poked and prodded. Thought it was a flu, thought it was COVID, just a stomach virus. Um, poor little thing. She was puking everywhere. So you're getting this on a Tuesday. You're probably listening to it on a Wednesday. Uh, yeah. So we're going to recap the shitty card three days later. That's the way we do things around here. And then we're going to talk about the weekend. You know how it goes. Recap. Uh, Chris Curtis has another fight. We'll break down that. We got some thoughts on Hazmat Tremayev. And then we're just going to preview the December cards. Just kind of go over and see what fights we're looking for. The final three cards of the year. The, uh, December 4th, December 11th, December 18th. All look. H-E-Y-Y. <laughs> they look... Uh, Fantastic. I don't know where ATYB was. I don't know what happened. I took an extended nap today, boys. So I haven't been napping much. So on my vacation two weeks ago, I didn't nap at all because I was sleeping in. Last week, I'm like, you know what? You know, I usually lay down with the little one, the little one-year-old now. Jesus, Pete's got a one-year-old and a four-year-old. I'm old. But uh, I usually lay down with her, kind of get a couple naps. I was like, you know what? No. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put her in her crib. We're going to make that work. So I wasn't napping at all last week. Today... Uh, Sunday night going into Monday, wife was puking up late. I was up with her, got no sleep, uh, was with the girls all day Monday till about maybe nine, 10 o'clock at night because, you know, that's when was when we had to go pick up the wife. When she got to the hospital, we were not being in there with her, yada, yada. And, uh, so it was just a long day. So today, wife's feeling good. She's cleaning. She had to go to the in-laws, took the girls. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do the podcast middle of the day, right? She left about two o'clock. I was like, yeah, okay, pop, you know. Time to do the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I go, you know what? When they leave, I'm, 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 I'm going to kind of take a break. I'm going to take a little break a little bit, you know. Uh, I'm just going to get on my phone, play on my phone, whatever. And then I fell asleep. Fell asleep. And I fell asleep for about three and a half hours. So just shower. Try to wake myself up. But uh, let me tell you something, boys. I'm a nap guy. I love naps. I sleep better during naps than I do at night. Um, that nap fucked. That nap fucked i uh didn't want to get up i did not want to wake up my my phone's going off wife's texting me hey is it okay we get doing i'm like shut up i'm trying to sleep she goes what are you doing are you still are you still doing your podcast i told her i was doing my podcast how have you done it yet how have you done it yet at that point so uh yeah i'm feeling good um feeling good feeling refreshed feeling good Feeling a little groggy from that nap, but that's what a good nap's going to do. So this weekend was an incredible weekend. It was my beautiful baby girl, Hazel's first birthday. I was a little absent 
Uh, I forgot some things. Uh, I didn't track my bets. We'll go over that. We'll go over all, all that. I only had two bets, really, two parlays. I didn't do anything crazy. Uh, almost didn't get down to Indiana in time, yada, yada. But it, it was it was worth it. It was a, a lovely, lovely birthday party on <clears throat> Saturday. Her birthday was Friday. Took her to the mall, you know, got her, you know, she was getting some money. She got some, you know, wife picked everything out. She had these boots that she wanted, whatever, you know. Doc Martin boots. Shout out Doc Martins. Uh, so the wife had everything planned, but we were out and then we went to Cheesecake Factory, which was lovely. No, lovely establishment. Uh, it was a really good day. We were out all day Friday uh, with, with the little one. Saturday was the party at the in-laws. Great time. Hazel, my little Hazel, she's really opening up. You know, my, my four-year-old Winnie is a, is, is a ham. She's a star. She is center of attention like her father, um, loves compliments. She'll dance. If you ask her to dance, she'll dance right in front of you. You better tell her how good of a dancer she is. She is a absolute ham. The littlest one, I know she's not even, now she's one, but she hadn't even been one yet. A little more reserved, giggly, you know, likes to, you know, she, she laughs at a lot of stuff. She smiles all the time, but she was the star on Saturday night. You know, she got uh, covered in cake and my in-laws had this huge, bathtub and bathroom in their in their in their bedroom so everyone like all the little kids went in there and watched her we, we had a bather because she got i mean cake all over herself so all the little kids went in there and helped bather and literally like i walked in and it was a fucking scene it was everyone just watching this little girl bathe and she fucking loved it i mean she's looking up like every single person there was like cameras on her like this is probably she was showing off she was splashing Throwing bubbles up, everyone's cracking up at her. She loved it. She made it. She made a turn there. Little one year old made a turn of, I'm just this cute giggly girl that I'm gonna do and laugh whatever my big sister does. Now I I realize I like the laughs. I like being the center of attention. I like being stars. Um, adorable. I mean, adorable stuff. But with that being said, I missed a lot of the beginning fights. Which again, you know, I'm not complaining. This card. Was probably the right one to miss. The first fight I caught was Yanez. Or no, excuse me. I saw Soriano because he was my first leg in my part leg because I'm a fucking idiot. I saw the Sean Soriano fight because I was taking a shit. Watched that. And then I saw Yanez Grant on the way home. I have since went back went back and rewatched because what I did was went through my notes. You know, all my papers. Went through all my hard copies because I'm an old school guy. And I was keeping track of everyone I gave a five star to this year because we're going to do like a little thing at the end of the year. Like a little recap award show like we do so I, was, I wanted to see who i gave five stars to all year and um i realized some of the there's only two or three cards where i didn't get to see all the fights so i didn't I, I thought it was unfair to score them so i didn't do that and i didn't i did since have re went back and watched them i thought you know what that's not a good gut reaction type deal i already knew who won or you know whatever but I, I didn't have fucking stars next to him. So this time I went back and I and I rewatched. Spoiler alert, I don't think I gave anyone a five-star performance. David Grant and Adrian Inez came very close, but let me see. Yeah, no five-star performance on this card. Sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm a fucking tough, tough cookie. Tough cookie to crack. Um, but no, the birthday party was good. My parents came out. My, my, grand, my grandmother, Nancy. My stepdad, which I don't like saying the word stepdad. His mom, I mean, they're my grand, she's my grandma, but she came, she's been dealing with some stuff. She just got diagnosed with Parkinson's, which is crazy. I mean, she's in her late seventies. I didn't think that was possible, but she was, she was dealing with some really, I mean, she was falling over. She was hurting her hips, her back. Um, and she's now on medicine, which she's very stubborn. She's like, you know, you're not putting me on any fucking medicine. 
They got her on this medicine, right? And she's like a new person. She was so, so good seeing her. My brother-in-law, my wife's brother, he showed up. He's going through a lot too with, with his personal stuff. And he's kind of been in and out of the family for a little bit. You know, he had a kind of rough marriage and, you know, some personal stuff going on with them. But, you know, he's been coming around a lot lately as two girls and, and they play with Winnie and, it was really good seeing him, but you know, he got a, you know, what I call a chick car. You know what I mean? He come I know nothing about cars. Nothing. He came up, he goes, Hey Brian, you wanna come he got a Mustang. Hey, you wanna come see my Mustang? I just cleaned the engine. I was like, buddy, I said, I don't even know what a dirty engine looks like, but I'll come see it. No problem. Let's go. Let's go check it out. So me and my father in law walk out there and he's the engine looked good. He cleaned the shit out of it. It looked good. I mean, it's a it's a blue Mustang with a white stripe. It's six horsepower i believe which is fast i know that i don't know much but i know that and uh you know he just he has two cars he has another like suv for the for the girls and this is like you know he's like i just want something for me and I'm like, that's your chick car man you know what i mean this is this is the chick car you're gonna be cruising getting chicks and he's like no 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 you know because he's, he's going some stuff with his, his wife I, I think it's probably gonna lead to a divorce I don't want to say anything that's not true. I mean, I don't know all the facts, but uh, this way right now, they're definitely headed in that direction. And uh, he's like, no, 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 not a chick car. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking to get chicks. You know, I just want to take care of the girls and we'll see what happens, you know, when this all, you know, settles down and stuff like that. And I just kept saying, no, dude, it's a chick car. Now it's cool. Like I get it. Have those good thoughts, put one foot in front of the other, take your time with this stuff. I can't even imagine what he's going through. You know, I know it's not easy, two kids, you know, wife, all that stuff, you know, having personal problems like that is rough. It's got to be impossible to deal with. But let's call spade a spade, but that's a chick car, okay? You don't go get a Mustang, six ponies, and then not be like, "Ah, I'm going to go grab some milk at the gas station. Pulling up, he's a big guy, right? Pulling up there, you know, he gets out of the the thing, he's going to get attention. He's like 6'4", big, big dude. Uh, that's a chick car, okay? I, I get it. You want to keep you want to keep it simple. You want to get one foot in front of the other. Uh, you want to handle your business. You want to do you know you want to do things right. Get it, you know. But that's a chick car, my man. Okay. Next time I see it, you're gonna have a chick in the front seat. That's not your daughter. That's not possibly your ex wife. That's a chick car. Let's go. Last thing about the about the weekend. Um, he he you know he him and I. Never really talked all that much. I mean, we have. I mean, I've, I've been married to my wife going on six years now, and, and he's been in and out. Like I said, he's he's had, he's had some issues or whatever, but, you know, right now everything's really good, and he obviously knows I'm the MMA guy. I'm the MMA takes guy. I'm the, I'm the, they know I love fights. I've missed family events. I've missed family dinners because of big fights. You know what I mean? So people know. No, uh, I, There's no bones about it, you know. He goes, and, and, and you know, I had to correct him. I had, I, you know, I couldn't let this one go. He goes, hey, Brian, I was thinking about training UFC. And I'm like, oh, Jeremy, let me let me stop you right there, bud. And he goes, what? I said, you you don't want to say you're going to train UFC. UFC is, is just like the brand name. It's like it's not the actual sport. The sport is MMA. And he goes, what? He hadn't even heard of it. He's like, I thought it was UFC. That's what they say on the ESPN, UFC, UFC, UFC. It's like, yeah, that's like the NFL. The NFL is... Uh, the organization that plays the game of football. UFC is the organization that, you know, competes and puts on MMA. 
And it took a little bit from the, the get it get it through, but I just said, listen. I said, if you want to join the MMA gym, that's great. They're very, you know, they're very expensive over in this area. They're over 100 bucks a month. He was thinking about it, just getting in shape and stuff. I told him, listen, you, you join, I'll join. We'll, you know, whatever. But you can't say train UFC. You just can't. And don't say it around me. I almost I almost barfed. I almost barfed when he said it. But, you know, he, he you know, that's cool that he, at least he wants to join. It's a great way to get in shape. And uh, uh, hopefully he does it. Hopefully he does it. Last thing here before we get to the recaps. Uh, this this is this is a story. This is a you know an all time kind of. Um, I don't want to hype it up because maybe it's not. But so I'm at work yesterday. I had to go out to the country to deliver. You know we have <clears throat> outside of you outside of Cincinnati we have some some farmland stuff about 45 to an hour from where we deliver at. I had to do that yesterday because uh, uh the driver's on vacation. I was covering for her. anyway. Uh, wife has been sick. I've had a little bit of a tummy thing. I've always, I always have a tummy thing. I always have to shake a shit, but you know, a little bit more than that. My stomach was kind of hurting. So I get to work. I feel like I have to take a shit. I'm like, okay, perfect. Get to work. Let's take a shit. I'll be good. I get a little busy. It goes away. So then I, then I take my shit and I drive all the way out to the country, you know, hour or something away and there's nothing out there. So fine on the way out there, on the way back, I started getting that little twinge, that little tingle. And I go, fuck. I mean, what am I going to go in the woods? What am I going to go fucking buy those deers right there? Like, what, like, what am I, what am I going to do? So then I just kind of mind over matter, baby, hoofed it, just drove safely to, uh, about, about 30 minutes from there to like where I was going to, you know, deliver at or whatever. And I see a Kroger, an older Kroger, which you guys should know what a Kroger is. It used to be Ohio, but now they're. Uh, it's one where literally right across the street, it's a brand new one. This one is is still operating because I guess some of the old people really like going here. Anyway, get there, get out, go to the bathroom. It's, I hate, I absolutely hate, most people disagree with me on this take. I hate single stall bathrooms. So I get in there, it's only one one toilet, one sink, you lock the door. If someone else has to go to the bathroom, tough shit. I prefer stalls. I don't give a shit. With my stomach... I will poop right if two guys are pooping in stalls and the only one that's open is the middle one. I'm going to the middle one and I'm ripping, I'm ripping dumps. You know what I mean? I'm not waiting for anything. Like I'm not shy. You're going to smell. It's a bathroom. Okay. I got to take a shit. It's going to stink. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm over that because the way I live my life and the way my stomach has been my whole life, I have to go when I have to go. Okay, so I'm not pussyfooting around. I, I'm not going to wait till I get home. I can't do that. Okay, it's going in my pants. So I go to this Kroger. It's it's a, yeah, I, I know it's an older Kroger, but there's only one bathroom. So I close the door, lock it. I, I got in. It was no one else was there. And, and I'm like, okay, fuck. Okay. So I didn't even get on my phone, right? I go down, hip, seats hit the cheek or cheeks hit the seats and I'm ripping. Guy starts pulling on the door. I go, hey, someone's in here and they stop. Okay. But they were pouring pretty aggressively. And I'm like, you know, you give it a little tap. You give it a little knock. What, what, what are we doing here? So now I know someone's waiting. So the good guy that I am, the fucking class act that I am, I go, you know what? This guy's probably waiting to take a dump too. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of hurry up. Don't get on my phone. Rip this duke, duke. Rip this shit. And we'll go. Probably 30, 45 seconds later, I get all the demons out. I get everything I need to get out. Time to wipe. Now, I'm a heavy wiper. I got to make sure it's crystal clean back there, okay? 
Can't walk around with a dirty gun. Can't walk around with, you know, with some slop back there. So typically I got a double flush because of how much toilet paper I use. I don't want to risk, I don't want to risk fucking stopping up the toilet. Wipe, 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 flush, wipe, 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 flush. Second flush, I'm pants are up now, ready to wash my hands. Another aggressive pull on the door. This harder this time, you know, they heard the flush, like what, you know, like, you know, and I'm like, someone's fucking in here. Jesus Christ. That's what I yelled. I was hot. So now I'm washing my hands, right? I I do my paper towels. I take a deep breath because when I leave out this door, whoever's yanking on that door, they heard what I, I mean, I screamed it. We're going to have words. I want to know who the fuck asshole is yanking on this goddamn door, right? At first, I thought it was like a Kroger employee, like a janitor or something. And maybe they were pissed that I, like, a UPS guy wasn't delivering or buying anything, just taking a shit. That was my first. But then I'm like, no, this is just a fucking guy who's got to take a shit. And he's impatient. So take a deep breath, open a door, get my scowl on, turn, I look. And um, if you don't like political incorrectness, you might want to cover your ears. It was a 20-something-year-old, mentally handicapped person, retarded, a retarded man mentally challenged, uh, 20 something years old. And he looks at me and I have my scowl on, right? He's to the left of me. I come out and he goes, I'm sorry. And I was like, nah, it's cool, man. And I walk away. I felt so bad. Like I didn't know, but he's just standing there and he looked terrified after I yelled and he's like, I'm sorry. And I'm just like, Oh fuck. And I, and I walk past them and I left and I'm like, and then I get to my truck and I'm like, wait a second, don't they have their own bathrooms? Like, don't, you know, couldn't he use the handicap bathroom? Right. I mean, that's, I know he's not in a wheelchair, but he is handicapped. Like you can use the handicap bathroom, right? I don't know. But it was, it was uh very, I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld, very Seinfeld-esque. Uh, reminds me of the time where my buddy Austin was taking a shit at a very shit heavy episode at B-dubs during the fights. So, hey, we're, we're back to the fights. And he uh, he's like, you know what? I, I got to go. I got to go so bad. And he goes in, and there was a line. So he goes in, or there wasn't a line, excuse me. It was just kind of busy. So he goes into the, the the wheelchair one, right? That, you know, and I've done it. I think we've all done it, right? You go in there. If, if it's open, you have to go. And he ran, he came out, and the guy was in a wheelchair. And he was didn't say anything. I know that's happened on an episode of Curb. He didn't say anything to him. They just kind of went like, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, with their eyes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's got to be fucking rough. Coming out, taking the shit because the emergency. When you got to go, you got to go. And never in a million years do you think, oh, I'm going to run into a guy with a wheelchair that really needs to go in this because it's the only one he can go into. And he did. And that's, that sucks. But I do feel bad. So if this young man is listening, which I'm sure he's a huge MMA Takes fan. I apologize. Okay. I'm sorry for snapping. Um, but you know, you shouldn't have been yanking on that door so much. Okay. Just give me a quick knock. I'm in here. Listen, you don't got to pull on again because guess what? There's no back door. I'll leave the way you're pulling on. You'll see me leave. Okay. But, um, I do feel pretty bad about that. I find it very humorous, but I do have some guilt. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that, uh, that's unfortunate. All right, let's get some fights. Huh? All right, this car was a real stinker. Misha Tate versus Caitlin Vieira was the main event. 
Misha Ted, what is she doing? Uh, I don't know what she was doing. Caitlin Vieira gets a four. Misha gets a two. Caitlin Vieira only gets a four because I really underestimated her. I thought her stand-up was trash. I thought um, her, her her cardio was not good. And, and I just did not think very highly of her. Obviously, I picked Misha Tate to win. Um, and uh, Misha Tate just, I guess, thought she had the better stand-up. She didn't. Uh, didn't wrestle much. Had some good cardio. Took a lot of big shots. As tough as we all knew. Is in phenomenal shape. Caitlin Vera showed up in good shape, too. I know there was some weird scoring. I thought Caitlin Vera won this fight. I have no idea where the weird scoring came from. I did not think Misha Tate won this fight at all. I think Caitlin Vera had the momentum the whole time. It was close. Misha had her moments. But on my scorecard, which is the only one that matters to me, I had the Caitlin Vera winning. And this is the guy who had money on Misha Tate. I, I just thought Misha Tate fought a really bad game plan. I thought she would... Wrestle more, grapple more, try to wear out Vieira. Vieira looked like she was happy to stay on the feet. Misha Tate probably thought she had the stand-up advantage. This might be the only fighter in this division where she has a stand-up advantage on, but she didn't. Uh, Misha Tate is not a, a great striker. She was doing this weird karate stance with her hands and trying to maintain distance, but it just didn't really work out for her. I thought it was a weird performance. I mean, uh, I kept saying she fought GDR last time. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed, guys. It was Mary know. GDR would have been a huge win. It was Mary Renault, um, which I guess is an okay win, but I want to correct my mistakes, okay? Uh, but yeah, Misha Tate, I'm glad she's back. You know, she's going to main event more. Uh, we're going to have to get used to her, but not used to fighting like this. I want to see her grapple. I want to see her get in there. I want to see her take her down. Caitlin Vieira is very good on the ground. That's where Caitlin wants it as well, but I don't think she's all that good on her, on the top. I think Misha was better in the scrambles. There, there was a couple scrambles on the ground. But Misha just kind of gave up. Didn't really want to lock in those positions. And I saw her go for a few takedowns that were kind of half-assed, in my opinion. This didn't look great. Um, but, yeah, I just I, I didn't love the performance by Misha Tate. Uh, Caitlin Vera looked okay. She gets a four-star because this is a huge win for her. You beat Misha Tate. Main event, uh, 135 is wide the fuck open. Uh, and this is a good win for Vera. Uh, her stand-up did look improved. But, I mean, it, it needs to get a lot better if we're fucking with anyone in that top five, top two, whatever, uh, in that division. But, um, yeah, good for Caitlin Vieira. Uh, she gets a four. Misha Tate gets a two. Sean Brady versus Michael Chiesa. Fun fight for me. Um, so I got to air out some grievances here. Um, listen, you know, this is this is grievance time here, okay? Um, listen, you guys know. You guys know I do the podcast with, with Tim, Timbo, uh, Christian CC, that play Beasy. Um, I feel a little disrespected. You know, feel like Rodney Dangerfield can't get no respect around here. Feel like there's a knife in my back. Okay, uh, I'm I'm gonna do an audio gif here. It's Joe Pesci walking in a room in Goodfellas and just getting shoot in the back of the head. He thought he's a made man. Boom, shot right in the back of the head. That's how I feel right now. So I've explained it before. When when I give a pick out a week in advance, so when last week, two weeks ago, excuse me, ended. I already was on this card and I texted the guys, Sean Brady minus 154 hammer it, right? I love that pick. Um, I, I thought Sean Brady was a better version of Michael Chiesa. I thought he'd have the better standup, which he didn't, but I, th I thought the grappling would have been in his advantage as well. He is very, very underrated grappling. Michael Chiesa's uh, a hammer. He doesn't like being the nail. <clears throat> I thought this was a great matchup for Sean Brady. I gave that pick a week in advance, right? July 3rd, or excuse me, July, November 13th, 9.47 p.m. I texted the group chat, Sean Brady, minus 154 currently, 
hammer it, right? No response. You know, whatever. Now, I know Christian looks exactly like Michael Chiesa, so it's hard to bet against yourself. And, and listen, let me, let me explain something to you about these guys. I love them. I fucking love them. They are the gambler's gambler, right? They play numbers. They don't give a fuck about feelings. They don't give a fuck about f- fandom. They're gamblers. Timbo betted against his own team in the World Series because he knew they wouldn't lose to game two or whatever. He was right. But that's how hardcore this guy is. He'll bet against his team to win some scratch. His boy, his confidant, his um, uh, friends who, you know, and Tim's a sharp. There's no doubt about it. And listen, if you disagree with me, if you're like, hey, listen, I think it's opposite. That's fine. But I've been on a fucking heater with these bets that I give out a week in advance. And I made them my mortal lock. I was confident as I'll get out. Come fight night. I'm a little busy. I am home for this fight, though. So I start texting the boys. They're both on Kiesa, right? Christian goes, hey, sorry. I did a Santos Kiesa parlay. I'm opposite. Fucking Timbo had Kiesa straight, said I couldn't pass up the value, had him in his DFS as well. So as I do, I have agreed and I have admitted on the podcast, I'll admit it right now. Michael Kiesa 100% was the value played there. He was a plus money. I think he's a high-level guy. He could have easily won this matchup. It was a very close fight as well. A lot closer than I saw it going down. But (laughs) when your boy gives you seven days in advance, and he's and he's a sharp himself, and he mortal locked him. He locked him up. I mean, Sean Brady at minus one. I think he closed up like minus one sixty five. That's a pretty good value too. Not a plus number, but you know, I I feel you know the the best way I can. I'm I'm, I'm not hurt because these guys are sharps, but. I'm glad I'm right. I'm sorry they lost money. I didn't win any money either. It sucks. I don't want to root for anybody losing money. My night was already dead at this point because of Sean Soriano, uh, which we'll go to the betting recap after I explain this. But, um, yeah, so Sean Brady, he gets a three. Michael Kies, or does Sean Brady get a three? Yeah, they both get a three. I thought it was a very good fight. Sean, uh, Michael Kies actually improved and impressed with his stand-up. That long left hand was was really nice. He manages distance really well. Looks like he hits pretty hard as well. He's very robotic, but he's cleaned up some things really uh, really good. Sean Brady, I thought, was going to have the better boxing. He does have good boxing. Sean Brady does. He has pr- proven in the past, but he got his eye poked a few times. He got his fucking nose broken. He could not get in on Michael Chiesa for the life of him, so he just switched up to grappling. Uh, took Michael Chiesa down whenever he wanted. Rode his back. Out-grappled him in those first two rounds. Michael Chiesa went back to his corner. He's like, this dude's fucking strong. And his corner's like, yeah, he's first round strong. Second round, still pretty strong. Third round, not so strong. Michael Chiesa's cardio held up. Sean Brady was fading for sure. And Chiesa dominated that third round. Clearly won the third round. Almost finished him at the end there. I mean, if he had maybe a minute left, uh, you know, he had a mounted raining bombs on him. And Brady just was rolling to survive. Um, so I'm impressed with both guys, actually. I think both guys have a lot at 170. Sean Brady is obviously undefeated. He's 15-0. Michael Chiesa has that name. He's now 4-2 at 170. I don't think this loss is that ugly. I think the Vincente Luque loss was a little bit more uglier because um, I thought he could have won that fight. This fight, I didn't think he could have won. Thus me, you know, saying a week in advance. <sighs> that Brady was going to win. Um, but no. So betting recap. Sorry, I'm a little all over the place. Betting recap. I only had two parlays, guys. I I did the slime ball, which lost, and I did my underdog parlay, which lost as well. 
um, down two units to just a unit each on uh, on both of them. Just because, like I said, you know, I was like, fuck it, do the parlays. I'm going to miss some of the fights. Uh, if I have big money on fights, I want to be able to will my fighters to to winning. The slime ball went two out of three. I had Sean Brady. He hit. Adrian Nez hit. And then fucking Sean Soriano did not. I have no idea what I was thinking better. Sean Soriano at almost three to one. He was minus 290. I think I got him at minus 280 when I placed my bets. But what am I doing? He's 0-5 in the UFC. The guy sucks. You know, the guy he fought sucks too. We'll get to that fight, but. I don't know what I was thinking doing that. I really don't. I didn't like a ton of spots in this card, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I, I don't know who I would have replaced uh, Soriano with because everyone else I like lost. I only I went five and six on my picks. But fuck, man. Uh, I, I, I don't know how he did. So I lost slime ball two out of three, and then my underdog parlay, none of them hit. Loma Lukabumi crashed and burned. Then we had... Um, we had Misha Tate, and then we had Tucker Lutz. All lost. That was my underdog parlay. Very, very confident in both these parlays too. Went, I went two or three, and then I went zero and three. So uh, not a good night for your boy on the parlay side. Next, um, next December fourth, there's a ton of fights. We'll go over that at the end of this. We'll go over that in this podcast. Ton of fights. At least right now, I'm gonna spread it out a little bit. I'm gonna do a lot of go back to some single bets. I am gonna have obviously. Uh, I am going to have my slime ball. We'll always have the slime ball, but I'm going to go back to single bets, chip, chipping away, chipping the chair, baby. That's all we got to do. But Coleman event was great. Both guys get a three stars. Uh, next up, Tyler Santos versus Joanne Wood. Uh, Tyler Santos gets a three, or excuse me, Tyler Santos gets a four. Joanne Wood gets a one. Um, listen, uh, Joanne Wood, I, I kind of saw this in the writing on the wall here. She was a higher ranked guy. Didn't like the line initially, but you know, she's going through a wedding. I don't think John Wood is that great of a coach, if I'm being honest with you. I just don't see these fighters coming out of syndicate, I believe. Is the syndicate MMA? I just don't see them being, like, super high level. I, I You know, I don't want to talk shit about John Wood because this is a bad performance by his wife. Maybe I'm, I'm cutting a knife a little too deep here. But I don't know. If I'm going to Vegas, I don't think I'm, you know, seeking out John Wood. As a guy that I want to be my coach, Eric Nick six in Vegas. A lot of people have defected over him. I just, yeah, I just don't know how uh, how great of a coach John Wood is. I could be wrong. It could just be a gut feeling, but uh, yeah, I just think he might be a little overrated. But his wife got stomped here. Tal Santos dropped her two times, choked her out. It's tough when you're distracted. You know, Joanne looked a little little loose. She made weight fine, but she didn't look to be in the best of shape. She looked to be a little distracted with the wedding and been fucking for a while now. You know, honeymoon phase. Um, yeah, and, and when you when you're distracted and you have <clears throat> other things outside your life besides fighting, uh Telesantos is gonna run through you. Telesantos is an absolute beast. I did not see a finish happening. I thought it would go to a decision, Telesantos was gonna dominate, but she went out there and made a statement. Finishing Joanne Wood is not easy to do. Joanne is uh she was one fight away from being fighting for the title. So good for Telesantos, a really good girl. Maybe have her fight uh Man and maybe have her fight Lauren Murphy. I think she's one fight away from from getting fucking Valentina. Um, uh, but yeah, it was writing was on the wall. I should have went a little heavier on Santos. I didn't. I avoided that fight. Um, but maybe if I wasn't, you know, didn't have a one year old birthday party, maybe I'd have seen. It. I have excuses. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm putting excuses out early. You know, my daughter did turn one, and of course, I planned the party myself. No, uh, I I was distracted. Just like Joanne Wood. Joanne lost. I lost. Distraction. 
Haniyaya versus Konyo Kang. This fight, man. <laughs> Konyo Kang almost got a zero. I gave him a one just because he looks like the bad guy from a from a Jackie Chan movie. Haniyaya just keeps doing this to people, right? Konyo Kang dropped Raya in the first round, was confident as all get out, and then just lets Haniyaya do what he does, take you down, smother you. Once he takes you down, he won't let you up. And, you know, you make a wrong move, he'll submit you. Um, yeah, Ayani, Haniyaya just doing what he does. He gets a three, Kang gets a one. I mean, that's it. There's not much to say about that fight besides... There's not a lot to say about a lot of these fights, but Ronnie Yaya did what he did. Only one underdog won and uh, only one fight, uh, two fights. One fight. One fight went to, uh, didn't go to a decision. Every other fight went to a decision. Not a lot to talk about. One of the fights to talk about, David Grant versus Adrian Nez. Both guys get to four star. I thought this was a very competitive fight. I had Yanez winning um, the 30-27. David Grant's scorecard was an absolute joke. Very, very close fight, though. David Grant was doing some really good things in there. Adrian Yanez, tough as they come, fighting with his coach, Salsa Lee's passing away. Heavy heart, heavy emotion. Boxing looks on point. You know, Davey Grant was, <clears throat> he was like anti-boxing, which is what you have to do. I thought he fought really smart. He's throwing some wild kicks. He was throwing punches at crazy angles. He was getting in on Yanez. Yanez was, was landing his shots as well because he had cleaner boxing, but you can't box a boxer if you don't have the boxing chops you know what i mean you got to get a little unorthodox you got to get a little crazy davy grant did that tried to take him down once or twice didn't really didn't really do much but i think that was just him mixing it up but this was a very very competitive fight both guys fucking nails i really really like this fight um both guys took big shots david grant got buzzed a little bit in there yanez is just he's so good in the pocket he's so good rolling that shoulder keeping his chin out of the way, rolling with punches. David Grant, again, has that awkward style with big power. Both guys' cardio is held up. Uh, phenomenal fight. Really, really like this fight. Fight of the night, in my opinion. Um, incredible fight. Uh, I'm high on, on Yanez. I've shitted all over David Grant. I can't even say I'm high on David Grant without being embarrassed about what I've said about him in the past, but let's just say I was wrong. He is definitely very fucking good. And uh, deserves to be where he's at. So uh, I love that fight. Let's get both these guys high-level fights next time at 135. 135 is fucking banging right now. Pass out a team versus Tucker Lutz. Ah, Tucker Lutz, underdog lock, completely blew it. I, I did not realize how good Pat Sabatini's wrestling was and how good his ground game was that he could not let Tucker Lutz up. I thought Tucker Lutz had a little bit better takedown offense. I thought he was going to take over standing. Pat Sabatini is 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 a very fucking good grappler. He's very special in that area, and and he and he held Tucker Lutz down. Who no one's done that before in the past, and it was a good performance by Pat Sabatini. A little hair of the dog there. Pat Sabatini gets a three. Tucker Lutz gets a one. Um, Tucker Lutz did nothing uh, for me to think like, oh, this guy's a world class guy. You know, he did. He was just average coming in. Like I said, he was just good, kind of everywhere. And now there's a big hole in his game. So he's obviously not good off his back, and he is not good at uh, takedown offense. Even though Pat Sabatini's takedowns are really good and dynamic, um, at least Tucker Lutz is good at uh, not getting submitted. But, yeah, Sabatini rolled on him. Uh, Hafi Garcia versus Nathan Levy. Good fight. Nathan Levy, I was on Nathan here. Um, he gets a one-star, Hafi gets a two. Listen, you can't lose to Hafi Garcia. Nathan Levy coming out of the contender series, you know, he's got a little bit of hype because, you know, he's from Israel, he's Jewish, not a lot of Jewish fighters in the UFC, um, and he hasn't fought since the contender series, comes in, up a weight, and try to do what he 
what he does, you know, I thought he won one round here, but uh, Gar- Garcia took over. I thought there was pass for Levy to win here, um, but Garcia knew exactly what what he wanted to do, had a good game plan, shut him down, and Levy just once Garcia shut him down and there was no path another way, uh, Nate, Nathan Levy shut down. That's inexperience. That's, you know, he's got to get, he's got to fix those things. You know, when plan B doesn't work, you got to have plan or excuse me, when plan A doesn't work, you got to have plan Z. You know what I mean? You got to adapt on the fly. You got to just fight at some point. Levy didn't seem like he was a fighter in there. It seemed like he was just trying to do the same thing over and over again. And, and Garcia just knew how to shut him down. Lupi Ganez versus Loma Lukabumi. Very disappointed in Lukabumi here. Uh, Lupi impressive, you know, three fights in 40 something days. She seemed bur- burnt out in the Luna Carolina fight, came back, rebounded well. This is obviously her weight class. She wasn't, she was bigger than Loma. I thought Loma was going to have better, uh, time striking, better time in the clinch. Uh, Lupi shut her down. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. So Loma gets a one Lupi gets a three could have maybe got a forge because of how active she's been. That can't be easy. But uh, yeah, look at Boomy was was she's now left Thailand. She's now in Vegas. She is like the star pupil of the Hickman brothers, and you expect more, right? You're getting a lot of specialized training. You're six and three MMA. Your stand up's very good. You're strong in certain spots. You need to start shining. Is what I'm what I'm saying about Loma Luka Boomy. And when you got a name like that, God damn, Cody Durden versus uh, Orichi Lang. Christian liked how I pronounced that. Richie Lang, no problem, Christian. You know, I, I'm, I'm dialed in sometimes, babe. I'm dialed in sometimes. Uh, Cody Durden, this is just a slobber knocker. You know, this is still a line from wrestling. Cody Durden wrestled a little bit, got ugly, got dirty, got in there. They banged it out. Uh, close fight. I, I I can see why it went Durden's way. Richie Lang is, is just a wild man. Faded a little bit, but Durden showed to be pretty tough. He said some insensitive things. Say, go back where you came from. Obviously, a lot of people are triggered by that. Um, but uh, I, he said he didn't mean it that way. Then they start digging up the old, the old Twitter stuff. You know, he starts dropping hard F words, you know, saying that if you take a selfie, you're, you're an F word. So I don't like saying that word myself. You're an F word. And then they found like 10 selfies that he's taken. You know, he's dropping the N word, which we all know what that is. And, you know, and he's, you know, uh, I, I I do not co-sign that at all. Uh, and so he's getting some heat. Tim Elliott's called him. A lot of people have now hated Cody Durden after this fight. I hated him by just seeing a picture of him. Like You can look at this guy's face and know, oh, I went to high school with that guy. He smoked Marble Reds. He popped his collar and he drove like a Honda Accord. Like, that's Cody Durden. Like, he's a, a fucking piece of shit. Like, I could just tell what kind of guy he is from just looking at him. And I'm not surprised that he got docs. People pulled up some really horrible shit. Uh, and now he's just like, yeah, fucking fight me then. You know, so 125 is interesting. A lot of people want to fight him, and, and hopefully he gets, uh, they get the chance. Shailen Nurandeki versus Sean Soriano. One of the bigger disappointments in my MMA career, Sean Soriano has good striking. Um, takedown offense is, is he's obviously a work in progress. I thought he looked gun shy. I thought he was terrified of the takedown offense of Norandeki. And Norandeki uh, is is gassed in his debut didn't, and has gassed before, has been knocked out before. Looked phenomenal in this to not gas. Just took Soriano down and, and said, hey, your UFC career is over, bud. You're 0-5. Put on a stink performance like this. You get you got no strikes off. You were hesitant. You weren't throwing your punches. You weren't throwing your kicks. You were terrified of getting taken down. Instead of going out there and, and just fighting, you fought scared. That's why you got taken down. 
And uh, and obviously he did some things wrong, uh, you know, on the takedown side of things too. I believe he reversed Norandecki a few times, and he got on top and just get away and and, and use your stand up. He fought like a scared little boy in there. He gets a fucking zero. Shylin, uh Norandecki. I think this guy stinks. I think anybody worth a damn would have stopped most of those takedowns. I don't think they were anything impressive. His stand up seems to be uh, fucking absolute trash as well. Got a good body, pretty ripped up. But other than that, fuck this guy. Uh, he gets a two just because, I mean, he did win. So uh, first fight night, Luna Panero versus Sam Hughes. Panero um, uh, looked pretty good. Two to one. Sam Hughes, Slam Page. A lot of people liked her as an underdog. I didn't see it, but uh, who the fuck am I? So Panero kicked the night off with a dub. I almost had her in my slime ball because I did think she was going to be Sam Hughes pretty convincingly, um, but I didn't. Okay, so like I said, we're going we're gonna to run long a little bit. We're at 40 minutes. We're going to keep the good times rolling. Um, why is my keyboard not working? Bah, 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 bah. Okay. 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 Keyboard not working. Well. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Uh, listen. So, my guy. Well, actually, you know what? Hold on. Wait. Did they pull that already? Uh, why? Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, let's talk about how's my and then we'll get to Chris Curtis versus Brandon Allen because that's the preview for for the the summer cards. Hazmat Shemayev. Gotta take a little drink and they get ready for this one. So when he came in the UFC, Devin, guy who was part of the podcast for a while, loved the loved the guy. Maybe I was too ignorant, maybe I was too stubborn to to acknowledge his talent. I looked up some of his fights outside the UFC. I thought he was pretty good, but I didn't think he was great. Thought he was a little stiff on the stand-up. Obviously, I didn't really see the talent that was the ground game. Comes in, fights John Phillips. Wow, beats John Phillips. Cool. Uh, congratulations. At 185. Cuts weight. Two weeks later, fights Reese McKee. Not longer, no longer in the UFC. Dominates him in the first round. I go, okay. Picked against Jemayev. Uh, maybe I didn't pick against him, John Phillips. Picked against him, Reese McKee. And then it became like, I'm not going to admit Jemayev's good. I am now cornered myself in the wall. And I've already backed myself in this wall. And I'm too prideful to say, you know what? I'm not going to fucking say this guy's good. I refuse it. And then I pick against them over and over and over again. After his last performance over the leech, who's a very good fighter, and he dominated in the first round, finished him, which no one's ever done in the UFC at least. Very impressive. And he did it without breaking a sweat. He did it talking shit the whole time. Everyone that trains with him has said this guy's special. Chris Curtis, he wasn't him. The Swedish guys were in when <clears throat> were in Vegas. Chris messaged me months ago. said, this dude's... I asked him. See, Rich Maya. Is it real? Yes, it's fucking real. Um, so, obviously, I'm not going to make him my guy. I'm not going to be a fan favorite of him now. But now the hater shades is what I think people said in the 90s. Early 2000s, I'm old. They're off. And I'm seeing this guy as as what he is. And here's what I've noticed. As a guy who has no fandom towards anyone, uh, I'm not like a huge Tamayev guy or whatever, but I have since not hated him, right? People are fucking terrified of this guy. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. People are fucking scared of this guy. When his fight, uh, so when Leon Edwards and George Masvidal fell off, he volunteered. Leon was like, no, I'm not taking the fight. Even though him and Chamaya were going to fight before, he's like, now I want a title shot. Chamaya says, I want to be on that card. So 
the only person that really raised their hand was Bilal. But Bilal did it very, like, Twittery, like, I'll do it. But I think he did it knowing he had Thompson on the 18th, right? I think he just wanted the cred to volunteer to fight this fight, to fight this guy. No one else volunteered. Gilbert Burns, this guy raves and loves to get on Twitter, says, I know a guy. I know a guy. I'll fight. I want to fight all the time. Blah, blah, blah. I know a guy. An incredible fighter, a high-ranked fighter. His tone and his demeanor when it was brought up that him and Shemaev were going to fight was way different. He's like, you know, I don't know if we're going to fight now. We'll definitely fight probably later. I'm a little higher ranked. It was completely fucking different. Here's the problem with the rankings, right? Shemaev, I believe, is 10 now. Shemaev is not a 10-ranked guy. Obviously, he hasn't fought that much in the UFC. He hasn't really had all these big wins. I get the ranking. But when you're ranked 5 or 4, and you're like, why would I fight 10? Shemaev's a different kind of 10 because of all the hype. This isn't just some 10. This is like Nate Diaz-ish. Obviously, don't want to compare him to Nate because Nate has done a lot more in the UFC and has a bigger name than Shemaev. But you see what I'm saying? Nate Diaz isn't ranked, but people want to fight him. Shemaev's ranked... And he has a name. He has millions of followers on Instagram. He has a huge following in Europe. People are always talking about this guy. I'm talking about him right fucking now. But no one's willing to take him. Their excuse is, why would I fight a guy that's ranked 10th or whatever? And then the hypocrisy of the rankings always comes in full circle. When Bilal Muhammad was 15, he was like, why can't I fight one of these top guys? And the, and the top guys are like, I'm not fighting you. You're 15. Now Bilal's ranked higher, and he goes, why am I fighting 15? I don't want to fight 15. I want to fight guys ahead of me. It's always going to be hypocrisy. When you're in the back, you want to fight up top. Up top guys are like, I'm not fighting anybody in the back. You know what I mean? Chemayev, though, has scared these guys. I, I truly believe. Now, in the sense of, like, obviously I don't think Gilbert Burns is scared of Chemayev. I just know Gilbert Burns knows that's a tough fight. They finally know. No one's calling this guy out. No one wants to raise their hand to fight him on short notice or to fight him at all. You know what I mean? He just had a wrestling match with Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson's a good size 185-er. And Shemayev looked huge. Threw a nice, couple nice little tosses in there on Jack Hermanson. Won the wrestling match 8-0. Looked pretty good. Like, this kid is fucking special, man. And I, I missed it 100%. There's still a long ways to go with Shemaev. His stand-up seems to be pretty good. Um, I don't think his stand-up's great. I think he hits very hard. Still a little robotic. Timing's very good on it, though. And, and the power's obviously there. His wrestling is, is completely lights out. But, guys, people are, are just pay attention a little bit more of who's calling this guy out. Sean Brady won this weekend. Sean Brady versus Shemaev's a great matchup. 15-0 versus 10-0. Both, uh, you know... Um, guys that are uh, um, kind of on the cuffs there, right? And guess what? He's calling out the winner of Bilal and, and Thompson. Didn't say, didn't mention Shemayev once. You look at uh, you look at um, you look at Michael Kiesa. It's never mentioned Shemayev. You know, I know he's high ranked. He's on two losses now. That makes sense. Shemayev versus Kiesa. Do you think Kiesa's taking that fight? The only fighter, seriously, that has that has really kind of called out Shemayev is Ian Gary. Ian Gary says, I know at the end of the day, it's going to be me and Shemaev fighting for the title. And that's what I want. You know what I mean? Like, just pay a little bit closer attention to when these fighters are calling people out. 
Fucking Gilbert Burns would raise his hand for anybody. Raise his hand for anybody. And all of a sudden, Chemayev needs a fight in December. Once the fight in December, no one's raised his hand. And I will say Nick Diaz did, did say on Twitter, give him to me. But Nick, listen, I, we don't want a murder in there. You, you're probably drunk. You're probably smoking a little bit. We don't need someone to fucking get murdered in the UFC. That's the last thing we need, okay? You know, take your millies that you just got from the Lawler performance, if you want to call it that, and sit back and chill. We don't need you getting severely hurt. Your brain damage is already at a 10. We don't need to be at 11, okay? We just don't need it. But, you know, I will give you respect. You raised your hand. Good job, Nick, okay? Nate Diaz doesn't seem to want to fight. Errol Hawani made a big deal about it because it's Nate's last fight uh, on his uh, on his contract, and there were talks about Chemayev and ever and 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 uh, and what's his face was like that's so disrespectful to Nate because of what he's done for this guy. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Nate Diaz has been the top of the top forever. Chemayev's ten and zero. Like I know Chemayev's like the new guy, but like who says that's unfair? Like I think Chemayev wins, but like Nate's fought some dogs. Like are we just all going to give Nate like just you know names now and he can't fight these guys? He wants to fight in December. Chamaya wants to fight in December. They both fight at 170. Why the fuck not? You know, I don't know why people are making a big deal of it. Probably because Chamaya would maul him. But, you know, Nate's a fucking dog, so let's not count him out. All right. So, if you don't know, now you know Chris Curtis. Yes, my guy, my friend, who knocked out Phil Halls. Undefeated in the UFC, Phil Halls, by the way. Knocked him out in the first round. He has a fight. He's fighting Brendan Allen. December 4th, Brendan Allen was supposed to fight... Brad Tavares, and then Brad fell out, and it was supposed to fight Roma Delice, and Delice fell out. Chris Curtis is stepping up. Tough fight, right? I, I, this news broke to me. Paulo Pasta, uh, Thick Diaz on uh, Twitter, um, messaged me, uh, not messaged me, tagged me in a, in a post last night on Twitter that this fight is happening. And my first was like, oh, this is this is a tough fight for Chris, young guy, big guy, one eighty five, he's six two. And, he, and he's fought pretty good. But then when I was sitting there uh, thinking about it today, I'm like, I kind of love this fight for Chris. You know what I mean? Right? Because Brendan Allen is phenomenal on the ground. Chris Curtis has only lost one time estimation. That was a million years ago to Tom Galecchio by rear naked choke. Fight that he was completely dominating and got caught. Um, and I look back on... Uh, I look back on some of Kyle, uh, excuse me, uh, on Brendan Allen's fights, right? So he made his, uh, he, Aaron Jeffrey rear naked choke first round. Chris Curtis, his teammate. Then he rear naked chokes Kevin Holland, a fight that he was losing up until that point. Very close fight, but he was, he was getting teed up a little bit. His stand up looked really rough in that fight. Rebounds, uh, um, comes back a couple, you know, like four or five months later, fights Tom Breeze, ground and pound round one. Tom Breeze, a complete mental case. Then the t- Kyle Dawkins fight, which I love. Kyle Dawkins was undefeated. Kyle Dawkins. Landed a lot of strikes on the feet. They scrambled a lot. It was fun. Kyle Dawkins is a good talent, but he's not a striker. And he landed a lot of shots on Brendan Allen. And I look at that fight, and it, 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 it took place on the ground, but Brendan Allen got fucking hit with some heavy shots. Then enter Sean Strickland five months later. Sean Strickland is Chris Curtis's right-hand man, their main training partners. Sean Strickland is going to be chief corner in, in the fight with Brendan Allen. He, Sean Strickland knocked Brendan Allen in the second round. It was all stand-up. Sean, uh, Sean dominated the fight. Brendan couldn't get the fight to the ground, got knocked out in the second round. Since that fight, that was a, uh, November 14, 2021, he's had two fights since then. And both times in all the interviews, because I like Brendan Allen. I, I pay attention to him. 
All his interviews, all he has talked about is, I want that Sean Strickland fight back. I want that Sean Strickland. It's like, buddy, you're not going to get an immediate rematch to a guy you just like knocked out to. You just got knocked out in the second round. You're not going to get an immediate rematch. Like, that's not how it works. But he wouldn't shut up about it. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. Goes and fights Carl Robeson. He'll hook Carl Robeson. has no ground game. Then Poliana Soriano, another Chris Curtis training partner. He decisioned him. Poliano gassed out bad. Now enter Chris Curtis. Made his UFC debut. I love his topology profile picture. Double titled right there. 27-8. Made his UFC debut against uh, Phil Hawes. Knocked him out in the first round. Was losing that first round. Was stuck in mud. A little bit of the bright lights got to him. Not going to try to sway anything, but that's what happened. But before that, in 2021 alone, he had a stoppage over Kyle Stewart, former UFC fighter. Had a stoppage over Ron, uh, Juan Ramo Grano Medina, who had like 30-something fights. It says he's only 6-5, and 8-5, but he's got a lot of fights out of Mexico. Knocked him out in round one. Jerome Hatch, 25-14 and 14 veteran. Stoppage round three with strikes. Dominate that fight. Kenny Robinson, former UFC fighter, heavy wrestler decision. He had... From 2020, from January 2020, he had one, two, three, four, five stoppages. One decision. Out of those six fights that he fought, five stoppages. Now he's fighting Brendan Allen, right? And I'm nervous. I'm like, okay, but, but the more I looked at it, right? And obviously, I'm picking Chris. Chris is my guy. Chris's biggest weakness is what? Wrestling? He looked pretty good against Full Hoss. He's working that aspect of his game. He has three people on his team that he is currently training with that have been in there with Brendan Allen. One guy dominated him. Poliano Soriano um, just had a wrong game plan and just kind of gassed out. But he is with these people that have trained with this guy. He's taking the fight on short notice, but that's not that big of a deal because that 185. Brendan Allen is a big guy. I think that 6-2 frame is going to be really hard for him to get Chris down. I see him maybe wanting to clinch Chris a little bit. Chris is really good in the clinch. Good body shots. Chris is going to wear down Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen better come in fucking shape. I don't think Brandon has the takedowns to take him down. I think Chris has really um, put put a stamp on that game. Um, I think he's really getting better with his takedown offense. I think he knows that Brandon Allen is so crafty and good on the ground. And I don't know if Brandon Allen's going to want to take him down. Brandon Allen might want to stand up with him. He stood up with Poriano Soriano. He stood up with Carl Robinson for a little bit until they went to the ground. Stood up with Sean Strickland, got knocked out. The longer this fight goes, the favor it goes Chris. I Hopefully Chris comes out a little hotter, a little a little uh, more aggressive than he did in the Phil Halls fight. Can't drop a first round because I think this is going to go three. In that third round, though, I'm telling you, second half of the second round, in that third round, Chris Curtis is going to fucking bring it. Bodies, body shots, head shots. His timing is fantastic. He's undersized in this fight, but he's fought taller guys before. He's sparring with taller guys. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I love this fight for Chris. Imagine him waiting his whole life, basically. He's 27 and 8, waiting his whole career to get to the UFC. He was overlooked countless times and to start his UFC career 2-0 against the number 13th ranked guy in Brennan Allen. Phil Hall is not sure if he was ranked, but he was undefeated in the UFC. He's definitely a prospect, definitely going to be ranked. Start his career off in the UFC with two wins and hopefully finishes over elite competition. He's not finding scrubs in there. These guys are fucking good. I can't fucking wait. I just don't know how Brennan Allen wins, right? He can outpoint him. He can maybe use his length really well. I think his stand-up's a long way, coming a long way. He's at San Fernando MMA. He's 25 years old. He's constantly getting better, but 
I just don't know if that's enough for Chris. Chris is such a good striker, and he's been striking for so long that he's eventually going to figure that out. He's a slow starter. He comes on late. And uh, I love this fight, though. I love this fight for Chris. He's plus 275 right now is what Timbo sent me today. Plus 275. Hopefully Vegas thinks, hey, the Phil Hall's fight was a fluke. Let's get this guy to 300. I want to see Chris touch 300. I love to make three to one on my money, baby. I love to do it, baby. Hey. But this is what Chris is going to do. He is kind of Iron Man. He's kind of bulletproof. Always stays healthy, keeps his body in good shape, doesn't get banged up a lot, is an intelligent guy. He's going to be able to take these fights on short notice, especially living in Vegas now against tough guys like this. He's got the inside track. He's going to have Sean Strickland in his corner, which I know is going to fuck with Brandon Allen because Sean Strickland is very, very loud. He says some shit during the fucking, when he's in that corner, hopefully they have him mic'd up the whole time. Um, and I think that might distract Brennan Allen. It's going to motivate him. Brennan Allen's going to want to make a statement so he can get Sean Strickland's attention. I don't think Chris Curtis is a guy that you're going to want to go out there and try to make a statement against. You're just not going to want to do it. I mean, the guy's been finished twice his whole career, got knocked out by Ray Cooper and got submitted by Tom Galicchio over 30 something fights, right? Tom Galicchio fight. I don't want to say it was a fluke, but bad weight cut destroyed Tom Galicchio kind of went for the kill in the first round Got a little tired, got choked out. Ray Cooper fought emotional, retired that night, hopped in there after he had already fought, got knocked out. Those are going to happen, right? But uh, this fight, okay, we got to go over the whole card. I'm, well, You know what? No, I'm not wasting time. I told you this is going to be a long one. Let's fucking go. Main event, I love the main event, Ron Font versus Jose Aldo. This is December 4th card. Absolutely love that main event. I don't have any lines in front of me. This is just me, gut reaction. Uh, love that fight. Jose Aldo versus Rob Font. Rob Font looked fantastic against Cody Garbrandt. Jose Aldo is a fucking legend. Um, I love that fight at 135. Jose Aldo has looked really good at 35 physically. Um, there was a highlight I saw today or like a gif of him blocking low calf kicks, which is incredible. Like just his vision to see that and his reflexes are impressive. Rob Font, though, is a dog, man. His boxing is some of the best in that division. He's going to come after you and, and he doesn't slow down. Love that fight, uh, four versus five. Hafiel Vazir versus Brad Riddell, both stand-ups, top 15 lightweights. Fiaz, Fiziv, or whatever you want to say, I call him Fizev. Fizev? Let's do it. Hafiel, Fizev. Um, he looked average in his last time out, right? He looked very average. He got he got tired. Uh, his stand-up's very, very good. But Brad Riddell, a guy who I doubted in the Drew Dober fight. They're both Muay Thai guys. I thought Drew Dober hit hard. I thought Drew Dober was the bigger guy. I thought Drew Dober had the advantage. And Brad Riddell said, nah, I'm better. And he fucking was. And he was significantly better. Um, had got a little shaky in that first round. Obviously, he got caught because Dober hits like a like a truck. But once Brad Riddell really kind of marched forward and put everything together, he was a special, special dude. Love that fight for the co-main event. This is an official co-main event, but I think it's going to be. Matt Brown, versus, uh, Matt Brown versus Brian Barberina. Violence! That is going to be violent! Both those guys are just fucking hammers. They're going to be coming forth, throwing elbows, throwing everything. I love that fight. Uh, that's a fucking nails fight right there. Alonzo Menafield versus William Knight. I feel like every fight card has Alonzo Menafield versus William Knight. I feel like these guys, both beefy, thick, black dudes at 205, the UFC is shoving it down our throat. There can only be one. There can only be one of you guys in this division that are built like this. Let's make you fight. I feel like these guys are supposed to fight like 100 times. 
Um, but they're finally at least scheduled to fight now. Uh, I don't care for that fight that much. I, I don't care for either guy. I think they're both average. 11-2, 10-2. William Knight's going to want to take the fight to the ground. Lonzo Metafield's going to keep it up. William Knight has incredible power. He does have a shaky chin, though. Lonzo Metafield is, is kind of faltered in the UFC. He has now battled back. Uh, you know, don't love the fight right now. Maybe I'll turn around. Brandon Allen versus Chris Curtis. We talked about it. Let's go. Curtis, the action man. King Combat. Claudio Pulis versus Chris Grusmacher. Fun fight. Grusmacher is probably, skill-wise, the worst guy in the UFC, but he somehow gets it done. Claudio Pulis is a guy I don't know a ton about, but um, I'm looking to research that fight. Jimmy Crute versus Jamal Hill. Love that fight at 205. Two contenders. Jamal Hill has a lot to come back from after talking all that shit to uh, Paul Krieg and getting his arm fucking snapped. Zamas Magalas. Zumagov, Zamagov versus Manal Cop. Manal Cop is going to run through him. That's one of the only times where if they're if they're from a stand, better grand, that doesn't apply when it's Manel Cop. Manel Cop's a real deal dude. I like that fight. Louis Smoker versus Vince Morales. That's a stinker. Uh Jake Matthews, Jeremiah Wells. Yeah, okay. Jake Matthews really taking a couple steps back here after after reaching the top, after getting some names up there and getting law, you know, losing. Uh, they're they're putting them back down to reality. Clay Guida versus Leonardo Santos, interesting fight. Can't say I'm excited for it. Alex Murner versus Mickey Gall. I'll never get excited for a Mickey Gall fight. Sorry, Maki Batolo versus Duko uh, Dusko Todorovic. Love that fight. Both bangers. They're going to uh, they're going to bang it out. That's what they're going to do. Philip Blins versus Asmat Morakov. Morakov was this the guy? Yeah, this is the guy in the Contender Series. Um, big, powerful, strong fucking Russian dude versus Philip Lynn. Sorry, Philip Lynn, you're going to die. Mallory Martin versus Sh- uh, Cheyenne Bays, going by her maiden name, Cheyenne Business. Don't know if her and JP split up or not, guys. Cheyenne Bays might be single for all those guys that are single. Then you got UFC 269 December 11th. Holy smokes, this card is an absolute banger. Going to try to run through it as quick as I can because... You know what? I don't care. We're in over an hour. Let's fucking go. Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Whoo. Whoo. Slap me. Slap me. That's such a good fight. Love that fight. 155-pound title. I've changed my mind on this fight like 10 times. How is it going to go? Who's going to win? 10 times I've changed my mind. Awesome fight. That's what I like. I like a fight where I'm a little unsure about. I don't have a strong lean either way. I can see the fight going one way or another. Love that fight, 450-pound title, which still is my premier division. I know 145 sneaking up there. I know 205, or excuse me, 205. 135's coming up, but I, I like 155 still. Nunez was Pena. This one's got a little hot, hot sauce to it. Pena's talking that good shit, saying Amanda Nunez is afraid to fight her. Amanda Nunez is the best female fighter ever. Not sure she's afraid to fight anybody, but there are some questions. When you ha- are the best in the world and you keep reaching and reaching and reaching, is there ever going to be a step back to reality? It happens to a lot of fighters. Amanda Nunes at that point in his career, she's a mother now. I think she's too young to be in this spot, but maybe, I don't know. That fight does have some good layers. Julian Pena is a good grappler. Uh, Amanda Nunes is a good good, good everywhere. So that, I'm interested in that fight. Kai Carr France is Cody Garbrandt. Uh, Cody Garbrandt's debut at 125 versus Kai Carr France. That's perfect mac- matchmaking for the UFC. Both guys are going to stand up there. Kai Carr France has a good gin, gin, good chin, good power. Cody Garbrandt had big power at 135. How's his chin going to be at 125? Usually when guys cut weight, their chin isn't great. 
That's another T-shirt right there. And Cody Garbrandt's chin has not been good. His career, so cutting weight scares me. Uh, he has a speed advantage at 135. I, I'm sure he's going to have the speed advantage at 125, but not as significant. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Roland Paiva. My guy, Sugar Sean, fighting Paiva. Love that fight. Paiva coming off a good good win there. Uh, this is going to push Sean O'Malley. So, you know, I know Paiva's a little unknown. Everyone wants Sean to fight a big name because he's a big name. I get it. I agree with you. But Paiva's a legit dude. This is going to be a good fight. Jeff Neal versus Santiago, Santiago Ponsonibio. An absolute fucking barn burner. Jeff Neal, f- fantastic striking. Santiago Ponsonibio proved his toughness, proved his heart against Miguel Baeza. Legit guy for a while. He's battled injuries his whole career. I've shitted on him constantly. That's a fucking fight right there. Priscilla Cacharela versus Jillian Robertson's. I could do without that fight. Randy Costa versus Tony Kelly. I actually really like this fight. Uh, Randy Costa, a guy like Tony Kelly, Louisiana, proud. The king of Louisiana, uh, a legit dude, good on the ground. Randy Costa, big power. Looked really good against Inez. Gassed out. Um, rebounded here against Tony Kelly. I like it. Alex Perez versus Matt Snell. Good 125-er. Both guys legit. Perez fought for the title. Matt Snell, danger Matt Snell, MTV legend. Um, yeah, he's uh, you know a good fighter, but is he a great fighter? That's a good That's good matchmaking. Ryan Hall versus Derek Minner. Minner, Harley Noer. Um, that fight's okay. Ryan Hall needs a rebound after getting embarrassed by Aaliyah Torpia. Torpia? Torpia? Yeah. Pedro Munoz versus Dominic Cruz. Love that fight. They buried this fight down in the prelims. That's kind of weird. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I am I don't know who to lean in that fight. I like both guys. Is Dominic still Dominic? He's still got a great record. Pedro Munoz, though, you know, good boxing, but he fights kind of dumb. I don't know. Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige. That fight is an absolute fucking cracker. That better not be this far down in the card. Uh, that better be higher. Josh Emmett, a legit dude at 145, a serious power. Also has some serious injuries. He's not young. How old is Josh Emmett? 36. He needs to get on his bike and quit getting injured. Dan Ige, he's going to be Huckleberry in that fight. They're going to bang it out. Love that fight. Bruno Silver's Jordan Wright. Love that fight as well. I saw this I saw this a couple of weeks ago, a week or two ago. Uh, Jordan Wright is a guy who's going to knock you out in the first round. That's what he wants. Bruno Silva has exceptional power. Uh, both these dudes are going to stand up and, and, and fucking crack, and I love it. Aaron Blanchfield and Marina Moravik, both up-and-coming girls fighting. Like that fight. Andre Munez versus Eric Anders. Pretty okay fight. Augusto Sakai versus Tai Tuovasa. Yeah, you had to throw the big boys in there. You know what I mean? You had to throw the big boys. All right, last little thing here for the finish of the year, December 18th. Derek Lewis versus Chris Dalkus, main event. Eh, you know, I, you know, I just, I'm not a Derek Lewis guy, if I'm being honest with you. I've talked shit about him before. Um, you know, Cyril gone, TKO'd him, absolutely dominated him in that, in that fight. I'm just never a Derek Lewis guy. Chris Dalkus, I'm still not a truth, Chris Dalkus truther. Um, we're going to see, though. We're going to see how hard he hits, and we're going to see if he can take a shot because I don't know if he's getting Derek Lewis down. Derek Lewis is a big boy. Chris Dawkins is pretty well-rounded, but I, I don't know if he's getting Derek Lewis down, even though Derek Lewis taking that offense is great. Uh, good heavyweight fight to end the year. Stephen Thompson versus Bilal Muhammad, 170. Don't really love it on paper. You know, I, I know Bilal deserves this shot. He's 19-3. and three. Thompson coming off an ugly loss to Gilbert Burns. He's obviously... You know, the, the a staple of the top five in this division. He's actually top six. Blaw is 10, um, according to topology right now. 
Uh, Stephen Thompson not getting any younger, though. Bilal Muhammad is, is going to have to prove himself here. I think this might be a tough matchup for Bilal. I think Bilal is going to maybe need to wrestle a little bit. His boxing is just very average. He keeps his chin in the air. You keep your chin in the air with average boxing is Thompson. Thompson's going to fucking crack you one. Uh, Jared Merskart versus Op... Oh, God. Let me, let me try to pronounce his name here. Okay, he's from Russia, born in Germany, right? Or fighting out of Germany, born in Dagestan, Russia. Opposalon Magomedov. 24-4-1. Where does this guy come from? KSW, PFL. Um, Lewis Taylor knocked him out back in 2018. Hasn't really fought much. I gotta, I'm going to have to do some research on this guy. A lot of knockout wins, a lot of guillotine wins. He's fighting Jared Morskart, making his UFC debut. Hasn't fought very actively in a while, but, you know, with a name like that, you got to fucking, you got to, you got to, you got to get him a couple looks. Darren Elkins is a couple Swanson. Fun, you know, kind of like a, you know, the PGA Tour for veterans is kind of what this fight is, you know, for the old guys, you know, but that's what this fight is. Cup Swanson is the more skillful guy. Derek Elkins is, is the tougher guy. Mena Lamus versus Angela Hill. Pretty good fight. Diego Farrar versus Matt Toos. Gamrot. Woo, banger alert. I love that fight. Gamrot's a guy that came over the UFC that when he made his UFC debut, I went down a rabbit hole to find footage on this guy. And I know he lost his debut, but I was like, this kid's fucking good. This kid's really good. And since his debut in the UFC, he has proven to be a good Diego Ferrara. Kind of fall off a cliff, you know. He, you know, he got knocked out Poirier, then he went up to forty, or he got knocked out by Poirier, and they went up and every, and was beating everyone, and then now Benil Dariush, and then I think he's coming off two losses. Who's he coming off? Benil Dariush is that the only one? Oh no, two losses. Benil Dariush, Gregory Gillespie. That's right. So Diego Fora needs to get back to that mindset that he was before. Hopefully he does it. He's fighting Matus Camrot, who is a fucking stud. Anthony Hernandez versus Dustin Stolfitz. Eh, I'm okay. Dante Mays versus Josh Parisian. I couldn't even finish the fight announcement. I start laughing. Get that fight off my screen. Rafael Sunsal versus Ricky Simone. Love that fight. Good step up for Simone there. Back at 135. That kid's good. I know he got knocked out by Faber, but Simone's a fucking solid dude, and, and Sunsal is, is a veteran who's kind of ageless. How old is Sunsal? He's probably like 32. No, he's 39. Okay, good. I'm always off on ages. I, I thought he was late 30s, but I, he would end up being 30 fucking too. Matt Sales versus Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt, kind of a the funky monkey or whatever his name is. Eh, I'm okay with that fight. Justin Taffa versus Harry Hunsucker. I can't believe Harry Hunsucker is still in the UFC. I can't believe they, they let this guy still fight. I pieced this dude up bad. Like, his topology picture right here, or not the not the big one, but the little thumbnail. He's got two belts. Who gave him two belts? Who was he, he winning? He started his MMA career fucking one and two. Who's giving this guy belts? You know what I mean? Like, what is happening? Um, still in the UFC. He's fighting fucking Justin Taffa. Justin Taffa's going to sleep him. Raquel Pennington is Julia Villa. Good fight, buried on the card. Good female fight, Chorzo Danvers, Angel Yule, another good fight, and then Sarjar Eubanks with Masakato. A lot of fights to end the year. A lot of fights to end the year here, baby. Uh, I'm excited. December 4th, December 11th looked like to be the premier cards. December 11th pay-per-view is absolutely fucking insane. December 18th, you know, there's some good fights on there. We'll see. We'll end the year on a plus, on a high note. When the year, we're going to empty out the fucking... Bank account, we're going to empty out everything for that December 18th card, so I really have to lock down and get it. But that is the show. I talked a lot. 
Hopefully you guys listened. Hopefully you don't think less of me of yelling at a mentally handicapped person that I didn't know was mentally handicapped. Keep that in mind in case you want to cancel me. But that's it. That's the show. Uh, I feel pretty good that I didn't talk shit about uh, MMA cappers. I had that on my list. I had there was a list, um, a list here of me, uh, and I, you know, haven't been on Twitter this weekend, and I kind of went back and, and and read what people were saying about the fights, and went, and I just there's just so many fucking duds out there. Okay, we're not gonna get into it for another time. For another time, MMA takes podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. Go follow me. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Pickums, not this week because no fights this weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, I know Canadians, I believe, don't celebrate Thanksgiving this week, but happy Thanksgiving. Maybe I'll put out some more content this week. Maybe I'll be bored. I don't know. Um, but enjoy your week off. You know, maybe I'll just study for this that December 4th card because daddy needs to hit winners. Okay. I'd hate that I refer to myself as that. I always say that to my kids. I apologize. This made you throw up in your mouth. Let's. Go! Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, man. Woo! Hey, look, pal, we don't want you. Come on, motherfucker. Back. Come on. Motherfucker. Escort this gentleman to the door. Come on. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.